Hey everyone, this is Johnny Martinez, pastor of Restoration Church, and welcome to our podcast. We hope this podcast inspires you and encourages you as you seek to follow Jesus. We hope you enjoy the sermon. Hey, Restoration family, Pastor John here. We're excited that you are tuning in with us this morning. We're going to continue in our series called Habits. Let me give you a quick recap of what we have talked about so far. Uh, We have talked about uh, the Bible intake, which is our first spiritual discipline uh, that we tackled um, in the Bible intake week. We talked about reading our Bible, studying our Bible, memorizing Scripture, meditating on Scripture, and just anything like that uh, to help us grow in our relationship with God. We all, week two, we talked about prayer and the importance of the spiritual discipline, discipline of prayer in our lives. Week three, we talked about serving uh, and how we can use our gifts in our ability and our talents um, to grow in godliness. And last week, uh, my former pastor, Joe Derrigo, he preached on the spiritual discipline of evangelism, of reaching people with the message of the gospel. And our anchor text this entire series has been 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, where Paul tells Timothy uh, to train himself in godliness or to discipline himself for the purpose of godliness. And that's what really this series is about to tackle different spiritual disciplines to help us grow in godliness, to help us grow in our relationship with God, to help us be more like God. And so that's really been the anchor text. And and I believe that these small disciplines will actually yield big results in our spiritual lives. Now, today we're going to tackle the next spiritual discipline to grow in godliness, and that is the spiritual discipline of giving. Now, before you turn off your TV or your phone or you cut me off, uh, really listen in on a few things that I have to say. What I want to do is I want to give us uh, some biblical principles on giving. But before I do that, let me just address a few things first. Number one, I really, really believe that this message today is going to be a game changer in your spiritual life, in your spiritual understanding of giving. And I really believe that God is going to use this to really make an impact in your lives to help you grow in godliness, to help you become a fully devoted and a fully mature believer in Christ. So I just believe it's going to be a game changer in your life today. Uh, Number two, have an open heart and an open mind. Um, Many of us have had some really bad experiences uh, when it comes to giving and especially giving in the local church. Or maybe we've had some bad teachings on giving or whatever it might be, but I really encourage you today to to have an open heart and open mind to what God is going to do in your life. Uh, Number three, uh, here at Restoration, we talk about what the Bible talks about. Uh, We don't run away from taboo or difficult topics. Here at Restoration, we run towards them and we tackle them. We don't want run away from them. We run towards them. Uh, why? Because I actually believe that it's those difficult, taboo topics in the scriptures that actually yield some really great um, and um, some really great spiritual life into us. And so uh, we talk about what the Bible talks about. Jesus, he talked about money more than prayer and faith combined. And Jesus actually talked about money more than heaven and hell. So money is a very 
big deal in our lives and in Scripture. Uh, And lastly, I want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Restoration Church, for your generosity. Man, you guys are generous. Uh, When Christina and I had this calling and vision uh, to plant Restoration Church, we had a very, very deep conviction that we wanted to plant a church and pastor a church who was generous. And so we decided very early on that this was a non-negotiable, that we were going to take 10% of our church income uh, and designate it to missions, that we were going to be a church uh, that gave 10% of our income to the world, to the community, to make an impact and to make a difference. And so church, thank you for your generosity. Um, so far in 2020, in this short span of our church so far, here's what you guys have done. Uh, first, you have given to missions, uh, to church planting specifically. Uh, you have given to church planting, and in uh, the spring of 2020, which were, were when we launched Restoration Church, uh, we uh, we launched through the ARC, the Association of Related Churches. It's the 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 network that sent us and that trained us. Uh, But in the spring of 2020, there were 437 people in that weekend that gave their life to Jesus because of church planting. And so church plants right now are the number one way people are coming to faith in Christ. And so we gave and we continue to give towards church planting. Uh, Number two, during when during COVID and when when COVID hit uh, in the very beginning, uh, we were able to provide care uh, and supplies. Uh, we were able to provide uh, supplies for the care and entertainment of the elderly and the vulnerable uh, in our community here in the Northwest uh, Valley, here in Northwest Peoria, to make sure that those in our um, hospice homes and elderly homes are taken care of uh, and are entertained and are just making sure that they stay safe as well. And so you guys did that. And so many people who really are forgotten in in the Northwest Valley uh, were reminded and, and were remembered and were loved because of you. So thank you for giving towards the care and the entertainment of the, our most vulnerable population during COVID. Uh, also, uh, we contributed financially to the open heart surgery of a five-year-old little girl named Rosie. Uh, she was born with five holes in her heart. Uh, And so in May, she actually graduated uh, from kindergarten. And so the future looks bright and she has a lot of hope in her life. And so again, thank you for contributing towards that. Uh, We also contributed to uh, the Hope Effect the Hope Effect is an organization that cares for orphans in Mexico and in Honduras. And uh, the Hope, Hope Effect is really pioneering the way that the the, this, the country of Mexico is doing foster care. Uh, and so in Mexico, they don't have a foster care system like we do. And so they're really making some great strides and changes. And so uh, currently, there are six families being trained to receive these children into their homes. These children are going to be removed from uh, government and state uh, orphanages and be placed into uh, Christian uh, foster homes. And man, that is just so, so awesome. Uh, And looking forward to even more children um, finding 
homes. Uh, also, this past Friday, uh, we were able to feed and love on uh, some homeless elderly in uh, in the city of Phoenix, downtown Phoenix. So for those of you that participated uh, in Serve Day by attending or by giving, and we are so, so thankful for each and every one of you. Uh, also, we are currently in the process of providing brand new backpacks uh, for three group homes in our community. Uh, and so whether right now it's kind of crazy with school districts and all that, but uh, we hope they get to use them at least eventually or whatever. But either way, whether kids go to school or not, it's just as a kid, a brand new backpack is super awesome. Uh, and so we are blessing three group homes in our community uh, with brand new backpacks. Church, thank you for being generous. Thank you for giving sacrificially and for giving faithfully. I mean, and think about that. We've only been open for six, seven months, and two of those months we were open physically. And this is what you've already done. I believe that this is just the beginning of the impact that we're going to make in our city, in our country, and in our world. Man, thank you so much for your generosity. And at the end of the message, uh, we are going to continue to be generous. And so we actually have a gift for you at the end of the message. So stick around, stick around to church. Thank you. Thank you for being generous. So like I said, I have some biblical principles on giving that I think are going to be a game changer to your spiritual development. But before we go there, let's take a moment just to pray and ask God to lead us this morning. God, we thank you for uh, such a generous church. We thank you for their love for people, their love for you, their love to be, their love to, to be faithful to you. Um, and God, uh, I pray that you would lead us and guide us today. Um, with these biblical principles from your word, uh, that you would challenge us, uh, that you would help us grow. Uh, God, that they'd be just a game changer in our lives, that they would help us become fully devoted, fully mature f- uh, followers of Jesus. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would illuminate our hearts, show us those areas where we need to work on, and just help us uh, grow uh, in godliness. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So here's the big idea, church, for this morning. Giving is part of growing. Giving is part of growing. It's that simple. Giving is part of growing. That's the big idea that if we want to grow spiritually, that if we want to grow in godliness, that if we want to grow uh, like Christ, uh, giving is part of that. So I want to share some biblical principles with you. Uh, some I might spend more time on other on some than others, and some I just kind of might fly over for the for the sake of time. Um, but uh, but there here's some uh, principles. You might feel like you're kind of drinking out of a, out of a water hose. It's kind of a lot of content. Uh, but the good thing is you can go back and watch them. Or if you want my sermon notes, I'd love to just send you my sermon notes. Shoot me an email, and I would love to do that. So here we go. Let's go. Uh, number one, number one, the biblical principle on giving. Number one is that God owns everything. We own nothing. God owns everything. We own nothing. Psalm 24 verse 1 says this, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. The earth, everything on this earth is the Lord's, every single thing. We 
are just managers or stewards of the things, the possessions that God has given us. God has given us certain possessions and things for us to to really and truly enjoy in this life. Uh, He has given us these possessions uh, in this life so that we can use them for His kingdom, uh, for His mission, for His glory, and for His honor. Uh, However, we have to remember, though, that ultimately, anything that we have uh, belongs to God. Anything that we have uh, in our possession was given to us by God and should be used for the glory of God, should be used for His kingdom and for His purposes. So uh, the house that you live in, it's God's house. Uh, The car that is in your driveway, that's God's car. The clothes that that you and I wear, it's God's clothes. Uh, The food in your fridge or in your pantry, that's God's food. Uh, The toys that you have uh, in your living room, an Xbox or a computer or a gaming system, or the toys that you have in your garage or on the side of your house, those are God's toys. Everything is God's. God owns everything. We own nothing. And so not only does God own the physical and material possessions that we have, uh, Scripture says that God owns uh, the money in our bank account, that God owns the money in our wallet or purses. Haggai chapter 2 verse 8 says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. God owns everything, including our finances. He has given us material possessions so that that we can use them and steward them and manage them for His glory, for His kingdom, for His purpose. But ultimately, God owns everything that we have. And I think this is so foundational for us to really grow in our uh, spiritual development when it comes to our finances. It's, it's, a, it's a very foundational idea for us to become generous Christ followers. So number one, God owns everything. We own nothing. Number two, giving reveals our faith. Giving reveals our faith. Mark chapter 12, verse 40, 41 and 44 really has this Man, it's this great illustration of of how giving reveals our faith. It says this, uh, and he sat down opposite, talking about Jesus, the treasury, and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Man, that that story is powerful. Uh, This poor widow gave everything she had. She gave out of her poverty. She gave everything she had. Uh, She gave basically from everything she had to live off of. Why? Because she knew that God was going to provide for her. 
She knew that God is faithful. She knew that God will not let her down. She knew that God would provide for her every single need. And I truly believe that the greater our faith that God will provide for our needs, the greater will be our willingness to risk giving to Him. The less we trust God, the less we will want to give to Him, to His purposes, and to His kingdom. Giving reveals our faith and our trust in God. Uh, Number three, giving reveals our love for God. So not only does giving reveal our faith in God, it reveals our love for God. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7 through 8 says this, Paul speaking to the church in Corinth, he says, but as you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge in all earnestness and in our love for you, he says, see that you excel in this act of grace also. I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. And so Paul is telling the Corinthians here of the faith and the great giving of their fellow uh, Macedonians. And so Paul is encouraging them to excel in this act of grace. And this act of grace that Paul is referring to is giving. Essentially, what he is saying is, is he's, he's encouraging the Corinthians to give like the Macedonians. Uh, but notice what this passage says. Paul tells them, I, I say this not as a command. In other words, Paul is not using his authority as an apostle of Jesus Christ to command them to give. Instead, uh, what he is saying, he is really uh, telling them, hey, give so that you can prove the genuineness of your love for God and for others. He appeals to their love for God uh, in order to give. He says, hey, I'm not commanding you, but, but give because it proves that you have this genuine and deep love for God, His kingdom, His work, and for others. So giving reveals our love for God. Uh, let, let me give you an example. Let's say it's Valentine's Day. And um, I, 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 Christina's home, and I, I arrive at our, our house, and I have roses. I have these beautiful roses, chocolate, you know, all kinds of gifts for her. Uh, and and I go up to her and I said, "Hey, babe, I, 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 you know, happy Valentine's Day. I love you." And she's like, "She said, oh my gosh, you didn't have to get all this for me. I mean, this is a lot of money. You're a baller, you know. Like, man, I can't believe you spent all this money. You didn't have to." And I. I respond with, well, it's Valentine's Day, so it's kind of what I have to do. It's really what you're supposed to do. That's what husbands are supposed to do on Valentine's Day. What do you think would happen if I answered that way? Man, I would be sleeping on the couch. She would take those flowers, throw them in the garbage. Not a good day in the Martinez household. Now, let me give you a second scenario. Let's say I walk in, roses, Valentine's Day card that just pours out my love for her, uh, you know, chocolate, you know, all kinds of stuff, right? Spent a lot of money. I said, hey, you know, happy Valentine's Day. And she says, oh my gosh, you're a baller. I can't believe you spent all this money. You shouldn't have had spent all this money, baby. It's a lot. And I say, 
babe, I just want to love you. Like there's no amount of money that I would never spend on you. And I just, I want to give because I love you and I care for you and you're worthy and you're my spouse. I mean, what do you think would happen if I responded in that way? I know one thing that would happen. I'm just saying, but it, it'd be a good day in the Martinez house. So I'm just saying, but it'd be, it'd be a totally different scenario, right? I, church, here's the deal. We, we in the same relationship with, that we have with God, we don't give out of an obligation to God. Uh, we give out of the overflow of our love for him. We don't give to our spouse because we're obligated to give to them. We give to them because we love them, and it reveals our love for our spouse in the same way. It re- reveals our love for God when we give to Him, when we give back to Him what is already His. Giving reveals our love for God. Number four, giving is to be done sacrificially. Giving is to be done sacrificially. Uh, the story of the widow uh, early earlier, um, uh, it really illustrates this, right? She gave out of her poverty. She didn't have much. She just gave sacrificially. Uh, and the Apostle Paul gives us another illustration here in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 through 5, um, when he speaks of the Macedonians. He says, we want you to know, brothers, uh, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. The Macedonians gave sacrificially. The text tells us that they they, they gave out of their extreme poverty, that they gave beyond their means, that they were actually begging Paul to take part in this collection of the saints, that they wanted to be a part of it, that they were willingly to sacrifice out of their extreme poverty. You see, God calls us to give sacrificially to his kingdom work. Studies consistently show, though, that the more money Americans make, the less sacrificially we give. On average, Christians born-again Christians, give 2.5% of their income to the local church. Um, In the Great Depression, it was 3.3%. I mean, I I found that a little shocking, that on average, Christians give 2.5% of their income to the local church. God's vehicle, God's means to bring about salvation for the whole world to preach the gospel, to care for the poor, the orphan, and the widow. Most of us give 2.5% of our income, 3.3 in the Great Depression. And you know what? You know what? One thing that I've come to know and find out uh, in 13 years of ministry is that I've never met one person who gave a sacrificially that regretted it. Not one. Not one person has regretted giving sacrificially. Why? Because what they received in return, joy, fulfillment, purpose, faithfulness, and obedience, was far greater than what they actually gave financially. I've never met one person 
who actually regretted giving sacrificially to the work of God. Giving is to be done sacrificially. Number five, giving is to be done willingly, thankfully, and cheerfully. Giving is to be done willingly, thankfully, and cheerfully. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Many of you have heard this verse before. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, but God loves a cheerful giver. Uh, a man once said, he said this, there are three types of giving. There's grudge giving, duty giving, and thanksgiving. Grudge giving says, I have to. Duty giving says, I ought to. And thanksgiving says, I want to. Man, that's a big, big difference in the types of giving. And scripture is calling us to give willingly, to give thankfully, and to give cheerfully. It's a great joy to give. It's actually our privilege to give to God. It's our privilege to be generous to his kingdom work. And really, it shouldn't be hard to think of reasons why to give thankfully and cheerfully and willingly to God. I mean, after all, uh, he has given his one and only son for us. Uh, you know, he, he gave us his greatest gift. He gave us the greatest possible gift that anybody could ever give in his son, Jesus Christ. That alone uh, is a reason to give to God willingly, thankfully, and cheerfully. Uh, it's, it's I want to. It's not I have to. It's I get to, right? Uh, number six, Giving is to be done planned and systematically. Giving is to be done planned and systematically. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1 through 12, it says this. Now concerning the collection of the saints, Paul speaking to the Corinthian church, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do on the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper so that there will be no collecting when I come. This collection of the saints was a special uh, collection or offering for the poor Christians suffering in Jerusalem because of a famine. And so Paul is instructing the Corinthians to, uh, uh, to plan and to give systematically on a weekly basis so uh, that when he comes, there's great effectiveness and great efficiency in uh, him um, picking up and taking the um, offering to those who were suffering in Jerusalem. And so scripture here tells us, hey, when you give, make sure it's planned, make sure there's a, a systematic way in which you give. Over the past 13 years of ministry, uh, I've come to know people that say, hey, I'll give when I have enough margin, when I have enough cushion in my budget. Uh, but the truth is, if we're waiting to have enough cushion, to have enough margin in our budget, we're just never going to give. And we're really never going to be able to be generous people. We're never going to be able to see our impact in the kingdom with our financial giving if we wait until there's a margin. I've also come to really know a lot of people that say, well, I'm just going to give when I'm prompted. I don't want to give regularly or systematic. I don't plan to give. It's just something that God kind of works in my life when I give. Yes, that's good. I think when God speaks to us in that sense, when there's a family member in need or just you see someone in the streets that needs something, God prompts you. Absolutely. 
But a lot of times, uh, if we wait for simply just God's prompting, there's never a regular and systematic way to give. Actually, studies say that those who give randomly actually give a lot less than they realize. And so we're not called to give randomly. We're called to give regularly. And so I'd really encourage you to just take some practical steps towards that. One of the things that my wife and I do is uh, the first thing that goes into our uh, budget is giving, is giving back to the local church to give back to God's work, to give back to God's kingdom. That's the very first thing that we do. Uh, So plan uh, your budget in that way. Also, uh, one of the best ways that you can give uh, regularly or systematically is to give when you get paid. Every time you get paid, then that's a uh, you have a good flow on 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 giving to God. It's a good reminder, right? First of all, that it's a good reminder that everything that we have is from God, uh, and then it's a good reminder of hey, I got paid, you know, this week or weekly or biweekly or monthly or whatever, and then give to God in that sense. Also, another way uh, that that some of you guys actually take advantage of is is to give um, automate uh, automated, so to give recurring. Uh, in, on our website uh, and through our church center app um, and many of the nonprofits that you support as well, uh, there's an option to automate your giving where you actually don't really have to think about that and already does it for you. Uh, so I really encourage you uh, to plan your giving, to make it um, uh, systematic in your life. Number seven, uh, this is a big one. This is a very, very big one. Uh, giving is to be done proportionally. Giving is to be done proportionally. First Corinthians chapter 16, verse one through two, which, which we already read earlier. Uh, Paul says that one must give as he prospers, that one must give as he prospers. Uh, in the passage we read earlier, again, on the cheerful giver passage, it says that each one of of us must give must give um, what we've decided in our heart. And so one of the questions I get a lot is, uh, how much should I give? I get that question a lot. How much should I give? Should I give 10%? Is 10% still a thing for New Testament believers? And so I just really want to share with you on that. Um, I, I clearly think that Scripture in the New Testament doesn't give a specific number. Uh, to or a percentage for a New Testament believer. I think in the Old Testament, uh, there was the tithe, which means 10%. Actually, in the Old Testament, it, it almost came when you added all the other ways they would give it, actually added, you know, more to 20, 25%. But in the New Testament, there's no clear number, there's no clear percentage. Uh, and so here at Restoration Church, we don't see 10% as a command to give. However, we do see it as a guideline. I really do believe that te- giving 10% is a good guideline for the for for our lives. And so that's what my wife and I practice. We give 10% to the local church. We save 10 and we uh, live off um, the rest. And uh, really when we want to support uh, family members or friends in need or other things, uh, that's just another uh, we have uh, money set aside for just that uh, to give people to get to help people and to give to people, uh, and so really for us it's considered an offering. Anything above ten percent, that's kind of how we work it. And so again, ten percent biblically is not a command from uh, the uh, New Testament perspective, um, but I think it is a good guideline for our lives. Uh, I think ten percent is a good guideline. Now here's the thing: 
Now, just because the 10% doesn't give us a specific number or a specific percentage, uh, it doesn't mean that then we can just be like, oh, sweet. I don't have to give my 10% of my income to God. Well, you know, I'll still give, though. I'll just tip them here and there. Uh, it, is, it doesn't free us up to get to, to do that, or or it doesn't really give us the freedom to not give at all. Uh, no, I, if anything, I actually think with, with us not having the 10% guideline or the 10% commandment, I'm sorry, uh, it, it actually frees us up to give even more to God. It really does, because there's no guideline any longer for us. There's no command any anymore. Um, I really think it frees us up to give even more, to give even uh, in greater uh, sacrifice to God. And so really, uh, the 10% guideline uh, is really not a ceiling for our gi- giving, but really a foundation on which to build on. And so the perspective is not, oh, well, good, I don't have to give 10%, you know, anymore as a New Testament believer. Really, the perspective is, God, how can I give you more than 10%? How, how can I give more to your kingdom, to your work, to your purpose, and to your cause? So no, I don't think that New, New Testament believers uh, have a specific command to give 10% at restoration. I think it is a good guideline and something that I put into practice. Um, but uh, I think everyone has to decide within their own heart what is proportionate, what is sacrificial as well uh, to give to uh, the work and the, the purpose, the kingdom of God. And lastly, number eight, giving results in blessings, giving results in blessing. Luke chapter 6 verse 38 says this, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use it, um, it will be measured back to you. Second Corinthians 9, 6, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully giving results in blessing. The texts and texts like these uh, say that if we give to God, God will give back to us. If we give bountifully to God, God will give bountifully back to us. Now, let me just make something very clear here. By no means am I preaching the prosperity gospel. The prosperity gospel essentially says that if you give to God, God wants you and will make you financially rich here on earth, and God will provide you with all these material possessions. I think that uh, the prosperity gospel is evil, it's heresy, and it misrepresents the true gospel. Uh, Nowhere in Scripture uh, does God promise that God wants us to be financially rich or materialistically rich here on earth. If anything, he says, be rich in good works and in good deeds. Um, and, And so I just think that's very hurtful and misleading. But while I don't believe in the prosperity gospel, and I think it's unbiblical, uh, I do believe that God blesses us um, in, in, in really some uns, in, uh, unspecified ways. Uh, he, he blesses those who give. Uh, and really just thinking about my own life, man, it's a blessing for me to give to God. I get great joy, great satisfaction, great fulfillment when I give to God. That's a blessing to me. When I use my home for others, when I use my material possessions for others, that is a blessing in itself. Also, uh, as we have given to God uh, and to His work, 
my wife and I, we have never gone without. We've always had food in our fridge. Uh, we've always had a roof over our head. We've always had what we needed. Some, you know, it's not always what we wanted, but we've always had what we needed. And so God blesses our lives in so many ways, in so many ways that we don't even re, even realize. And so there's blessing when we give to God uh, and God cares for us and God provides for our every need. So here's the next steps that I, I really would like you to take. Uh, let, let me, two, two next steps that I, that I really want to challenge you and encourage you to do. Uh, the first is this. The first uh, today, uh, I want you to do this. I want you to ask God what he wants you to do based off this message. I want you to ask God. If, you, if you're married, talk to each other, talk to God, go before the Lord and say, God, what do you want us to do in light of this message? Uh, if you're single, uh, you know, go to God and say, God, what do you want me to do in light of this message? Whether we don't give right now, whether we give randomly or whether we give regularly or whether we actually give proportionally or whatever it is, we could always give more. We could always grow more. We could always be better stewards of our relationship uh, with God and better stewards of our money, right? Better stewards of the resources that God has given us. So simply put, go to God and say, God, what do you want me to do based off your scripture? What do you want me to do based off these principles? I want to honor you. I want to grow in godliness. I want to be fully devoted and fully mature follower of Jesus. The second thing that I would encourage you to do, and here's where a gift comes in, is we want to give you a gift. Uh, we want to give you a gift, and we want to give you this book. It's called The Money Challenge, 30 Days of Discovering God's Design for Your Money. Listen, becoming financially healthy, uh, you know, you don't have to have a PhD to become financially healthy. It, it should be easy. Uh, it should be simple. And so this book is very simple, very practical. It gives you a very a good plan on how to become financially healthy. Why? So that you can use your income, your money uh, to be generous, so that you can make a difference with your finances. I believe that not only uh, are you created to make a difference, but I also believe that your finances were created to, were given to you to make a difference as well. So we want to give you this free, no strings attached, because we love you and we care about your financial health. And so if you guys want to copy of this book, uh, just click up on the, uh, the link in this video description, or you can go to our website under our resources page. By the way, that's something new that we started. Uh, we are providing you guys with a bunch of resources, recommended resources in uh, in regards to a bunch of different topics. And one of them is this book. So go to our resource page on our website to get this free book and we'll ship it out to you. Uh, it's broken up into four sections. Number one, uh, giving generously. Two, saving um, wisely. Number three, living appropriately. And number four, uh, generosity killers. Again, it's practical. It's good. It's a good game plan for you and for your financial health. Church, giving is part of growing. Giving is part of growing. This is not the first time we're going to talk about giving here at Restoration Church. Like I said, uh, it's we're going to tackle taboo subjects head on. Uh, but I really hope this was a game changer for you. I really hope that that you learned something. I really hope that God is speaking and working in your life. My hope is that that you would grow, that you would grow in godliness, that you would be a mature follower of Christ. Giving is part of growing. I want to leave you with this. 
Can you imagine, church, if every single person uh, that calls a restoration church their home uh, would give uh, as an act of worship, that they would give uh, sacrificially, give proportionally, give willingly, give thankfully, give cheerfully, give systematically, give out of their love for God. Could you imagine if every single person gave in that manner here at Restoration Church? What would happen in our individual lives first? What would happen in our community? What would happen in our city, our state, in our world? Because some radical, generous church decided to give in that manner. I believe individually, uh, you would grow in your faith. Uh, you would grow in godliness. You would grow to become a fully devoted and a fully mature follower of Christ. I believe that your love for God would grow and deepen. I believe your love for others would also grow and deepen. I believe that you would be transformed through this giving, through this spiritual discipline. Uh, I believe that we would continue to have a greater impact in our world, that we would continue to give sacrificially to church planting so that more people would come to know Christ. Could you imagine instead of 437 people coming to know Christ in one uh, one uh, season of launch? What if there was 4,300 people that came to know Christ because of our generosity? Uh, what if we could, uh, what if we fed, you know, not only just a few homeless people, but hundreds, if not thousands of homeless people? people uh, in our city. And just so you know, I, I don't know if it's been a while if you've driven downtown. Uh, man, there's a lot of homeless people right now. And guess what? Don't wait for us to go make a difference. Don't wait for us to plan another outreach or serve day. Grab uh, an, an ice chest with ice and water. Drive down there maybe with your kids. Obviously, stay safe and just hand out water. There's so much need uh, in our city. Could you imagine uh, if we gave sacrificially, cheerfully, willingly, it, the, can you imagine not only six uh, families and six children receiving families? What about 60 or 600 children being taken out of uh, government-ran orphanages going into foster care homes? Could you imagine instead of providing backpacks for only three group homes, that we could provide backpacks for 30 group homes or 300 group homes, or for 3,000 group homes in our nation, our city, in our world. And could you imagine what it would do? Could you imagine the people that would come to Restoration Church uh, and, and, and really find God? Uh, and come to know God, having a saving relationship with God. Uh, people that come to restoration to find community, to find a sense of belonging, to find their purpose, to find their, their, their meaning in life so that they can make a difference. Could you imagine that? I can. And I truly believe that it's going to continue to happen in greater and greater ways. Why? Because of your financial generosity. Guys, gals, church, giving is part of growing. You got to give to grow, to grow in Christ-likeness, to grow in godliness, to grow in our faith. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. Uh, we thank you first for giving to us, to giving uh, your son, Jesus Christ. And we give out of that. And we're so thankful for everything that we have, God. We know that everything that we have is yours. And God, we want to use it for your glory, for your honor, for your purposes. God, we want to be uh, extra 
extravagant givers, uh, people who give sacrificially, who give uh, willingly, cheerfully, thankfully, God, because, man, we're just so grateful for you. Uh, God, use us, uh, use our finances, use our uh, not only our time, our talents, but also our treasures to make an impact in this world. God, speak to us. Show us those areas that we need to grow in. Uh, show us those areas that we, we need to be challenged in. Uh, and even just uh, affirm for those of us who are giving uh, uh, extravagantly and who are giving generously, would you help us grow even further in our, uh, in our giving? God, we thank you for everything that you're doing in and through the people of Restoration Church. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. Without you, this ministry would not be possible. If you feel led to give, please use the link below as we seek to make a difference in people's lives. Also, please make sure to share this with your family and your friends. Again, thank you so much for listening.